Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right, you're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Weight Talk Radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure Gold. You guys are awesome. This is Pure Gold with your host, David and Joe. And good evening, everyone. It is 7 p.m. straight up, and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this wonderful, amazing, tremendous Thursday evening, July 7th, 2022. Welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Dave, a.k.a. DG. I am joined today once again by the one and only, the incomparable, my tag team partner and co-host, Joe, a.k.a. JB. Mr. Joe, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, good to hear your voice again, and good to be back on the air. And Triggles is alive and well. Yeah, definitely, sir. We're alive and well. Everything is good. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to have a good show for you tonight. We're going to have some good chats, I'm sure, as we always do. But, sir, before we get started, oh, as always, if you folks, if you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call, 515-605-9796. Once again, that is 515-605-9796. Now, last week, um, Joe was barely on the show, which is ironic that rhymes. He was not on the air much. Joe had some surgery again. You know, we talked about it last week that we weren't going to get into the specific details of it. But, um, you know, Joe's obviously feeling better, sounding better, in better spirits this week. It was good to talk to him last week for a short amount of time. You know, thanks to Frank, who, who did quite an admirable job of filling in. And, of course, thanks to Angel, who also chimed in with a lot of mess talk. So it was a good action-packed show. Um, but, sir, it's great to have you back. And uh, tell the audience, tell the fans, you know, honestly, whatever you're willing to share, sir. But, uh, you know, how are you feeling? How are things? What has been going on in your world for the past week, sir? Because it has been that long since we heard you on the air. I will say that the past week has been, each day has been getting better and better. Um, I thank the good Lord. I thank the surgeon. I thank my family, my friends, like you included, that reached out to me, uh, have been reaching out to me. And, uh, Day by day, I continue to improve and feel a lot, lot better. Wow, really? Uh, it's definitely good, sir. Yep. Um, you know, you're you're here, obviously. Um, I know we spoke earlier. We haven't really talked much on the phone, but um, you definitely sound so much better than last week, sir. I mean, you're coming along great. And of course, I know your wife is, is happy about that and the family's good. Is everybody uh, in good spirits, sir? I mean, last week you were in a hospital bed. Your sister was there. I mean, it was definitely a, it was definitely an interesting show, sir. It was definitely an interesting show. Uh, everyone's doing well. Everyone's doing great. Uh, the fact that I'm improving really helps their spirit. So it's really good to to see them feel better, a lot better, in the last couple of months. Yeah. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Hey. 
We're excited, Sarah. It's good to have you back on. You know, we hadn't really talked, you know, as I said already, we haven't really talked too much, so I wasn't even 100% sure how much of the show you'd be on. I was pretty sure you would be on, you'd make an appearance, but to have you back uh, co-hosting is definitely a good thing. Uh, so tell us, what did you do in the time that you had off, obviously, because, you know, no work and things like that, what have you been up to, you know, between last Thursday and, and this Thursday? What exactly have you been doing, sir? For, really nothing other than watching TV, reading, um, eating a lot. Unfortunately, when you can't do much, all you do is really eat and uh, watch TV and read. Um, I've been walking a lot, which is good for me uh, to get my physical strength back. And, uh, yeah, that's. I went to a follow-up today, so I have to go for one more test um, next month. And then from there, we'll decide uh, we, what we want to do. Uh, in terms of next steps, uh, there's not really, uh, it's not bad. It's just uh, you, you have to be on top of it from now on. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's definitely, that's definitely all positive stuff, sir. I mean, <clears throat> I can't imagine what you've been through. I know it's a lot. It's definitely, uh, obviously, maybe, as we like to say. And I, for those of you who are listening for the first time or maybe don't get it, that's that's kind of our thing. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing that we do. We Obviously, definitely, maybe, clearly, it's just, you know, Joe and I kind of goof around. When we started the show, you know, so many years ago, almost almost 12, actually, um, you know, we never imagined that, uh, you know, we'd have a we'd have a call screener who uh, is fired, by the way, um, you know, producer. I mean, you know, just blowing up in massive ways. There just ways, you know, we, we have weekly callers. We have loyal listeners. People calling all the time. People apparently have nothing else to do but call us. I mean, just so many different things that, that are going on, sir. I mean, I just can't even believe it. But uh, we, we have come quite a long way, my friend. Yep. I think you did. Uh, I want to make your your head a little bigger because I did listen to the show yes, uh, last week, and uh, you and Frank not only did a good job, but did a great job breaking down uh, sports teams and how they, people like teams and uh, you even got to minor leagues, and then you went to talk about the Mets, uh, hostel, well, not hostile, but – you talked about the Mets and the two Angels. I think you, I think you surprised yourself. I think you could really do a great show, and I think last week was a really great show. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I had fun. Frank did a great job, like I said, although he is tired. But anyway, um, we did, you know, we we did it. It was cool because we were just kind of talking, and then, like I said, Frank chimed in a lot more than he normally does, which is always good to have a third member of the team for specifically a situation like what we had last week where essentially it would have been a solo show. And to me, you know what, we've talked about this off the air. When Mike and Chris, who are the inspiration for us doing this show, yeah. um, when one of them was not there, to me the show just wasn't the same. I know you said that you would still listen, and I get that because, of course, there'd be times that I would listen too, but it, it, it was not the norm. The norm for me was Mike and Chris. I just thought they were so much more interesting as a duo than solo. Oh, I will say that I think Chris is a little bit more energetic and a little bit more uh, interesting on a Saturday morning show to listen to versus, let's say, Mike on a Sunday. But um, the fact is that, that their team and teams, the team was better together than separate. And I think it's the same with us. I mean, I wouldn't want to rant for an hour, and I wouldn't want to do a show that long by myself with nobody to talk to. And, I mean, heck, I don't know if I could listen to you talk for an hour, you know, with nobody else to talk to either. Having callers, having people, having Frank, um, you know, people like that, just it just makes it go much smoother and better. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, me talking alone definitely would be boring. Uh, having callers, 
uh, is very important to us. Uh, we get different uh, views, different aspects that we never thought about. It's really a dialogue that is important. One person talking for an hour, kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely, obviously, maybe very boring. And it's just, it's just not something interesting. You know, a lot of times with these, with these podcasts and stuff, like, you know, you have guys who are just talking, talking, talking. All right, that's, I mean, to me, I just can't, I don't care who it is. I just can't listen to it. But when yeah. they have good interviews and good people to talk to, that to me is a different thing there. You know, that to me I is mean, definite, um, definite positive when you can have good interviews and the best talk radio around, as you like to say. I agree. And we got a lot of different topics to talk about, um, you know, between, why don't we dive into wrestling? Because uh, our call screen is not here yet. We don't have a call yet. Um, you know, the pay-per-view that just ended uh, on Saturday, Money in the Bank, I'm confused. I'm really confused on why Theory won the bank, uh, the Money in the Bank. Where, where are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I don't – there's so many things I don't understand. I don't understand – I mean, I'm glad you're getting into this because I wanted to talk about yeah. this, uh, wrestling in general. Yeah. Well, we can talk about both money in the bank, the men and the women's. But the thing with Theory, sure. first of all, it's ridiculous that his name is not Austin Theory. Hell, they could have gone with Adam Theory, anything. Why bring him in as Austin Theory and then all of a sudden Steve Austin shows up? You think people are really going to confuse Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the most influential and one, and one of, if not the most famous wrestlers of his, of his era in, in general, with Austin Theory? I mean, first of all, Austin Theory has hair, number one. Number two, looks nothing like him. If anything, Theory looks more like a weird John Cena than he does in a Stone Cold Steve Austin, but no one is going to confuse it. So why take away the name Austin? So calling him Theory is just idiotic. Theory won the money in the bank. All right. Now that that's rant out of the way, explain this to me, sir. Why do you have Theory lose his U.S. championship match to <laughs> Lashley to then only get placed in the match because he wasn't a part of it originally and then win the money in the bank briefcase? You know, as a last-minute guy thrown in there, and now he's got a shot at the title. When Roman Reigns is still your, your unified, you know, undisputed, un, you know, unattended, undeserving, unnatural, you know, WWE champion, he's, there's no way that Theory's taking that belt off Roman, so who is he going to take it off of? Is Cody going to come right. back at some point, win, you know, win it all, and then that, that right, that same night, Theory's going to take it off him? You know, I would have thought, and you and I discussed this, it would have been good booking if Seth had won and then Austin, uh, Austin <laughs> we're talking about Austin, Seth had won and then when Brock and Roman is the last man standing, you know, he he comes in there at the end when they're both exhausted and beaten and then he beats them to win the title. That's good booking to me, but, but Theory is champ. I just, I don't think he's ready, sir, and I honestly don't think he'll be ready for for quite a while. Yeah, I really thought that they were going to go, like you said, uh, Seth Rollins won the money in the bank, and then he would cash in on a beaten down, worn down Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, and then Roman would go off into sunset, to the sunset, and then you'd have Seth Rollins as champion, because, because I'm confused on how, first of all, I'm confused on, like you said, he dropped the t- U.S. title to Lashley. Okay, I, first, I thought his push was over, since Vince is no longer in control, uh, I guess he's in creative right. control, but um, yeah, I, it was yeah. confusing. To, he didn't he didn't qualify for the money in the bank first of all. So I thought Stephanie would come out on Monday and say, "No, you're going to put that briefcase on the line against uh, Seth Rollins at SummerSlam." But he gets a rematch now too against Lashley at SummerSlam. It makes no sense. 
Yeah, that makes no sense. If he's going to get a rematch and then also still have the, the title shot, I mean, that's just bad booking. The WWE just doesn't know, doesn't know what they're doing in terms of booking at times. Um, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And, yeah, we can harp and rag on this all day long. But that story, there's no story there. Again, he can't beat Roman for the title. So what's he going to do with that briefcase? Hold on to it forever? I mean, it just – I don't understand the push of theory at this point. I don't understand what they see in him. I'm not knocking the guy. I'm not saying he's terrible. I just don't get it. Um, and then you give him, like you said, he didn't qualify for it and he's thrown in there. Like, come on. Anybody else could have won that briefcase. That would have made more sense. You know, um, speaking of the briefcase, did you happen to catch uh, what happened with the women's Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, sir? Well, Elwood Park is happy, so we have a new champion. Does this mean that Ronda Rousey is leaving or she just stops uh, the title? I'm confused. See, I'm confused, too, because – and I don't get the booking of that either. So, Elmwood Park – as you said, Elmwood Park don't live. Morgan won the Money in the Bank ladder match. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. But then to cash in the same night against Ronda and then beat Ronda, I don't get it. You know, Bully made a point of busted open this week about how, you know, you got to put the credibility on Ronda's move. She had Liv in the ankle lock for a long time, and Liv, instead of snapping her ankle, Liv gets out of it and then wins with the roll-up. He was kind of explaining how that booking made no sense. He should have done it differently. Oh, putting, the, the, putting her in that hold for that long just didn't make sense. And for whatever reason... That's what happened. You know, Liv goes on. She wins the, the Money in the Bank briefcase, and the fans pop. The fans popped huge. They were excited. They were pumped up, which, of course, that's a good thing, you know, to get the fans into it. But then she goes on. Ronda beats Natalia, and then, you know, Ronda comes in. <clears throat> Ronda beats Natalia. She had the injured leg from the sharpshooter, and then they have a little back and forth. And Ronda loses the belt to Liv Morgan. I don't understand that booking either. Ronda was only champ for like less than two months. Meanwhile, Roman's had the belt for two years, but Ronda holds it for less than two months. And now what? You know, in Buffalo, right. they were talking about how the, the, the women's division desperately needs Charlotte Flair back. And oh my goodness, that is the last thing I want. I literally, the last thing in the world that I want is Charlotte Flair to come back and be put in that women's title picture again. Yeah, Charlotte's, uh, she got married, right? She got married to Andrade? Yeah, she got married to, to Andrade El Idolo. So we'll see her on TV. We'll see her at SummerSlam or Survivor Series. What do you think? I mean, no, well, the talk is, the talk is uh, the rumors, at least some of the rumors. SummerSlam. Yeah. I mean, if she fights Liv Morgan, how is, A, how does Liv beat her, number one? Number two, Liv clearly has to be a transitional champion, but why would you rush the belt off? Off of um, what's her name, Ronda, so quickly. You okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying, why would you rush the belt off Ronda? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, unless she wants to raise her, um, you know, ra- raise her kid. Uh, that's the only thing I can do. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like the booking, as usual, doesn't make sense to me. Um, Mistimed? I don't know. Do you want to talk to Ben or not yet? Um, I mean, we we could for sure. You know, since you mentioned it at this point. Um, so it, it, uh, I see Frank is has finally joined us, and I see that Ben is oh, there. Are oh. we are we putting Ben? I mean, I, right now uh, 
I think Frank. Oh. I'm not sure if Frank is call screening or not. But um, I get call. We, uh, well, Frank call screen. See, see what Ben wants. Um, but yeah, WWE doesn't make sense as usual. Um, you know, I really thought that. I thought um, the plan was that Seth cash in and because I think the Roman will beat uh, Brock Lesnar again. Um, and the women's division doesn't doesn't appeal to me. It really doesn't. Um, I uh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, I I think that wrestling doesn't do it for me as as it used to. Um, you know, you don't see right. Roman Reigns on TV. You don't see him on TV that much. Um, I guess Riddle. And well, he's never now. I just don't understand the yeah. logic of putting Roman, putting both belts on Roman, and then having him now basically never be there. Where before he was there all the time. Now he's not defending on pay-per-views, most pay-per-views, except the big ones, and he's barely showing up on SmackDown. So what's the point of having a champion? You know, you could talk about wanting to elevate the, the secondary titles, but, like, really, is Walter going to, uh, excuse me, Gunter, is he going to be your, the face of SmackDown as the intercontinental champion? You know, is Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley could make more of a face of Raw as the, as the U.S. champion, definitely, because he was a WWE champ recently. I could see him credibly being, you know, the face of the show. But, um, you know, I don't understand, sir. I don't understand that booking. And then, you know, you're going to put Gunther as the – he feels so dumb saying that name. You're going to put him yeah. as the main guy on SmackDown? That just doesn't work. You know, I get elevated titles, but you really do need your, your WWE champion there on a regular basis. Or maybe not every week, but he's got he's to show up on a regular basis. And he's, he's basically MIA, sir. Yeah. You think that um... – you think that plans change um, on the fly um, by SummerSlam? There's a chance that Brock wins or no chance? Um, I think there is a chance because obviously, you know, the booking, anything kind of goes. You know, we've seen that a lot of it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, honestly, there's no way to kind of pigeonhole it. I know we talked about, oh, so-and-so's got to win. Oh, he's got to win. Oh, this guy's got to win. But you just never know. And that's the thing. You, yeah. you never know what the plans are and how it's going to work. Um, you know what I mean? So, anyway, we'll see. But we have uh, we have joining us this evening uh, Ben, who it's been a while since he was on the air, but he was with us uh, a couple of times in the past. And, you know, we're going to welcome him. Ben, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing hey, good, Dave. I'm doing good. <clears throat> and uh, the reason I'm calling is that you know, I do want to recognize a miracle that has happened. God sometimes does miraculous things uh, his own way, and most of the time God uses the regular means. So I have been a beneficiary of God's miracle through medical sciences. And here we have little more than a week ago, Joe went through a 13-hour surgery, and here he is today sitting and, you know, as if nothing has changed or nothing happened doing the radio show. So I want to appreciate Joe, and I want to give glory to God for watching over the entire medical staff and medical team for the 13 hours. So I just wanted to read Psalm 100 in in response to how glad we are, how joyful we are, and all glory belongs to Jesus. 
Without him, nothing moves. Yeah, I agree, Ben. Um, it all starts with God, and then it means prayers and family and friends and the neurosurgeon. Um, I am here. I'm back on the air. Uh, a week, a little over a week, a uh, week and four days, if you want to be exact. Um, right. And all, all I can say is that it's um, not about a miracle, but the fact that I'm back on the air that quick is a, a testament to everyone, uh, not just me, to uh, the love, the prayers, um, the support. Uh, I can't, I couldn't do it without you. I, I, I really love you all. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that, Joe. But, uh, you know, maybe we can have this discussion <laughs> that yeah. uh, you kind of uh, alluded that it's not a miracle. Then what would be a miracle for you? Um, I guess what I had was not considered a miracle uh, surgery. It was necessary, yes, um, but it could have been uh, all I can say is it could have been a lot worse, um, considering the facts that it was in uh, my head uh, for about, about 20 years. Is a, I guess that's the miracle um, that they were able to to remove like a large, large portion of what I had, and the fact that it was in my head for 20 years. I guess that's the miracle. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's what I would put it. And you know. The Lord holds the hands of the surgeons and the medical staff because I have, you are aware, I have gone through so many procedures, my heart procedures, and the surgeon tells me each time we go in, it's a risk. Outside, fine, we can cut you and stitch you up, but inside when we go, it's always a risk. And 13 hours, that's a long time. You know, the anesthesiologist has to be on his toes because based on the your height, body, there are many factors that they have to keep you asleep but awake. And then eventually they have to wake you up. So, yeah, that's the way I, I look at it. Hey, is it okay if I read Psalm 100 in celebration and in joy, you know? It's, it's, you know six oh, yeah, verses. absolutely. Yeah, okay. All right. So here is Psalm 100, okay? Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And everyone said, Amen. 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 That was really good. Yeah. You know, I, I looked it up when you mentioned it, Ben, like what, what it was, Psalm 100. Because, you know, usually people talk about, oh, Psalm, you know, with Psalm 23 is like the most famous one that everybody talks about, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, yeah. You know, he makes me lie down in green pastures. But but I was like, okay, well, Psalm 100. And I saw it was one of the shorter Psalms. So I said, oh, okay, cool. And I read through it. And I thought it was definitely fitting. You know, we're very grateful and we're happy. You know, thanks to God, like you said, that Joe is okay because obviously things could have gone differently. Um, I yeah. mean, the idea of what is a miracle versus what's not a miracle, that, that could be, that's definitely a discussion for another time, and that could be an entire show, you know, if we're being right. honest, but it definitely is, is a, a wonderful thing 
that Joe's okay, that the that the surgeons did their job, and you know, Amen. It's just, Amen. it's a blessing, you know, it's a blessing, and obviously Joe is is a we've all known him for a long time, and he's an important yeah. part of forget about the show, but an important part of our lives as our friends for all these years. Yeah. So you know, we definitely appreciate you calling in, Ben. You know, it's definitely a good a good word. Yeah. It was good, you know, reading scriptures, and you know, appreciate yeah. you calling in to to talk about our our buddy here. Yeah, just one quick comment. Last time you and oh, yeah. me spoke, uh, you know, for technical reasons, I got cut off. Next week, we'll pick up that discussion. <laughs> well, Ben, you're always welcome to call in, of course. And, you know, I'm glad that you're doing good because I know Joe had yes. mentioned off, off the air a while back that, you know, you were going through some things medically. So, uh, health June, so we're glad that you're doing so good. So, I'm just a month. Back on the air, sir. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, definitely, yeah. definitely uh, good to have you on the air, Ben. Thank you so much for Thank calling. You. Really appreciate it. All righty. Hey, hey take guys, take have, a, oh, have a wonderful Be well. You are doing great. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye now, guys. Take care. Folks, that was the one and only Ben. Hey, just out of curiosity, do you remember the last conversation? Because now I have to be prepared, prepared for next week. What were we talking about the last time Ben called in? Because I know Ben called in a couple of times, and that second time, I'm not really sure what happened. Do you even remember what he – because now, now I'm worried. I'm going to have to start going back and looking up and listening. It wasn't about the World Cup and berating us? Oh, geez. I hope that's not what he was <laughs> referencing. Because, I mean, I'm not going to get into a debate on soccer with anybody because, to me, I mean, soccer is – it's not even a sport. Speaking of not sports – um, my wife yeah. and I did something this weekend that we've never done. I'm not sure if you and your wife have done it or, you know, um, you you know I don't know if Frank's ever gone. Say it again? What did you do? We went axe throwing, and it was a lot of fun. It was definitely something different. You know, I've been to the shooting range before, and uh, I've seen axe throwing. It's a thing down here. I'm not sure if it's a thing up in New Jersey. But we went, and we had a good time, sir. Did you beat her, or did you? you had a, had a I work, did, but like, in all honesty, sure. it was our first time going. Neither one of us knew the rules. We were basically throwing until we got it in, and then we got better as <laughs> as the night as the time progressed. But the thing is, because it was just the two of us, it got a little tiring just doing that throwing over and over and over and over again. So we actually cut our time short. We had an hour plus, and we were like, eh, forty minutes, we're done. It's more of like a four-person game, so you can kind of rest in between. But when you're just constantly throwing axes at walls and trying to get points, it's uh, it's tiresome. But it's a fun time, I, and I can see why it's such a big thing down here. Yeah. Frank, have you ever done axing? I think you have, right? <laughs> um, can you say that again? What was that? You've done some axing, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, axing. Um. Yes, I did it once at a Renaissance fair. It's pretty awesome. One time, one time. How'd you do? Um, I think I threw five axes, and I got like I got them on the mar. I didn't get any bullseyes, but I got them in the target. Okay, oh, that's was pretty it? good. Yeah, we actually got yeah. My wife got one bullseye. I got two, but we we threw like a hundred times probably. So oh, we were okay, just throwing yeah. all, constantly back and forth. Yeah. It, it, it was fun. It's definitely a game where I feel like you need at least four people just so that you can get a little rest and you can kind of take turns. But for us, as first-timers, I mean, it was fun. 
and it's something I would definitely do again. You know, I'd like to go in a group, whatever the case is, but it was definitely a, it was definitely a fun thing, and, you know, something different. Because when I first heard yeah. it, I'm like, what the heck is axe throwing? Why would you throw an axe? But now that I've done it, um, I see that it's pretty fun. I'm sure yeah, it's like I, you don't want to – go ahead, Frank. Go ahead, sorry. I, I was going to say, just trying to get the, the right part to hit at the right time, you know, not the uh, not the wooden part when it gets there. Yeah. Um, what made you want to, like, uh, what's the thought process within axe throwing? Like, it's like, let's go out and let's throw some axes. Because I don't think Father Stew is a good move for you and uh, Raquel to see. Well, I know you mentioned, you made, you actually texted us. So we went, we ended up doing something fun this weekend and we got away just for a day. But I was like, you know what? Yeah. We've never done this before. So let's go ahead and do it. We ended up going to do it. And um, she had no idea, and it was a surprise, and she had, she enjoyed it, had a good time. I think she, I think she hurt her shoulder. The funny thing is, Frank, we weren't we weren't hitting the butt end of the of the axe. It wasn't the wood; it was the top of the axe that kept hitting. So whenever we missed okay. the target, it's because the actual head of the axe smashed against the wood and fell on the floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was almost comical the amount of times we did it. But like I said, we definitely got better. And honestly, Joe, I just wanted to do something that neither one of us had ever done before. And I was like, you know what? This, this. I mean, how bad could it be? You know, honestly. And it was fun. It was fun. And yeah. there was actually a couple of guys who went in there. You know, I mean, you guys have probably been to the batting cases. You go in there, you bring your own equipment or whatever. And there were these two dudes, these two old, good old country boys who came in there, and they brought their own actions. And I was like, wow. I mean, seriously? I... You're coming. You're coming with your own personal axe to throw it. I, I just, I mean, that that left me baffled. I mean, you talk about different sports. Um, you, you, you had your traditional hot dog eating contest on July fourth. You got cornhole. Maybe uh, axe throwing becomes a personal personal sport where everyone throws axes like they throw darts. You know, could be a sport. But see. It might, and it's funny you mentioned cornhole because we played a little cornhole also, and I was almost oh. perfect. Now, corn, cornhole is a big thing here in the South. I actually won at a company picnic a few months ago. I actually won some brand-new, like, beautiful cornhole boards. And, I mean, I, I practiced a little bit here at the house. But when we were axe drawing, when we went we went to finish up, we saw it, and we threw it. I was I, – I think – I threw six times and I got five times right in there perfectly. Wow. Have you ever done wow. cornhole, John? All, all the time. Uh, my friends love doing it uh, at barbecues. And, um, yeah, I, that would definitely something we could do uh, when I visit you. You know, you and Kelly against me and Andrew or whatever team to go against the wives. It'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would definitely be good. It'd be funny if Frank said just like, Stow away on that trip, like in your luggage, and then you show up here to Tennessee, and then Frank's in the trunk, like, "Hey guys, I'm here. We're gonna have we're gonna have like an actual in-person episode of Pure Gold. Watch Frank, uh, you know, eating his salmon and falling asleep while we're doing the show. That'd be great." <laughs> the good thing you is, know, um, I was gonna say the cornhole is um, an up-and-coming sport, and Jerry Reco has a professional um, cornhole league on Monday nights uh, where. He wants people to join him and um, down south, south Jersey, south Jersey, 
and then play for us poke, uh, cornhole. I just don't think I'm good enough to get in the hole every time. These guys are like like a machine. They get in every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was watching for my birthday, actually, um, on Tuesday. My buddy Ian, well-known yeah. in the B-Town Posse crowd. Um, yeah. <laughs> out to, we went to Maggie's over there in Little Fall, and uh, – we just we were watching TV a little, and they had the hot dog replay, and then they had the cornhole on for like two hours, and I'm just shocked and amazed at the ability that these people have to get it so to be so good. Like, you know, I played before. These guys get it in like 85% of the time. It's going in the hole, and then the other like 15% of the time, it's like on the board or close. It's really crazy. It's definitely crazy. It takes skill. I'll say that much. I, wa- I watch these guys down here, and I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm thinking like this thing, you know, it's nonsense, but as I actually see it, it definitely does take skill. I mean, you mentioned the hot dog eating contest, Joe. Um, I, you know, Joey yeah. Chestnut won for an unprecedented 15th time, and he also choked out a protester. So that was definitely interesting, and I'm glad you mentioned it because that was going to be one of my nuggets for the evening. But, um, I mean, first of all, I think he doubled the second closest competitor. So how do you – I think he had 67 or 63 hot dogs. How, how is that – I don't think I eat 63 hot dogs in a year, and I love hot dogs. Could you imagine stuffing your disgusting face with five dozen hot dogs in a day? I just don't even get it. No, that – the way I eat is, um, you know, you eat the meat on one side, the bread, you dip the bread in water and eat it. That's to me eh. – I ate 12 hot dogs one time. Uh, that's my record. I went to a hot dog truck and got 12 hot dogs and ate 12 at one time. Um, so I can't imagine. I think the record, the world record he has is 76, actually. Uh, he started at 63. So. I wanted to make a Wait, you ate 12 hot dogs? Yeah. Yep, yep. Why? Uh, I wanted to. Why? <laughs> <laughs> they used to have so gross. They used to have competitions. No, I was saying yeah. they used to have competitions and pretty much like there's a there's a food truck. So like a lot of times we'd go down there and uh, eat like a whole bunch of hot dogs. And the and the, the dogs from the truck are kind of they're not that big, you know. So you can eat a lot of them. Okay. But I was gonna make a, I was gonna make a comment. Um, yeah. On the. Um, it was funny because Joey Chestnut, like, I had, I DVR'd it, right? So I went back last night and I watched it. And I don't know how they did it, but they completely, like, it was like pure gold guys over here with the editing. Because <laughs> they, 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 didn't show, they didn't show one split second of that attack. Like, not even, it didn't, it's like it never happened. Like, I, I was watching it and I'm like, I kept watching the part where it happened because I saw it on YouTube, so I knew when it happened. And at one point, they right. went to another guy eating a hot dog, and they were just talking, and then they went to another guy, and then they went back to Joey Chestnut, and everything was normal. And I was looking in the back, and it wasn't too much commotion. And then I was looking for a sound break. But there was no sound break. So I'm like, damn, man, these guys with the editing, you would have never known it. Yeah, that, that's, oh, that's crazy. I mean... I just don't get it. Why would you think that a hot dog eating contest is the time? It's funny because I listened to some comments and they were like, oh, this is the, this is like the World Series of, uh, you know, pork. And it's really not because everybody knows that a good hot dog is 100% beef. I mean, kosher beef, if anything, but beef, period, 
I, I mean, there's such a difference between a pork and chicken and whatever else is in that hot dog versus beef. I, I mean, to me, if it's not beef, it's absolutely disgusting, and I wouldn't even touch it. So I just thought that was an interesting, uh, you know, slant on it. But why would you want to make that, you know, protest at a hot dog eating contest? I just don't get it. I think it had something to do with the, um, like, protesting the way they make hot dogs or the way they, they way, you know, animals are treated with, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's the way you look at it, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm with you. I like the all beef hot dogs. Like, I'm, I'm not one oh, for, yeah. like, turkey or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think that was the, the main thing with the protest. So you know the hot dog I mean, contest. Yeah, um, do you know that Joey Chestnut had a broken leg on top of that as of everything else? Yes, I saw that. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to stand on I mean, a leg. That, I got It's impressive to me. That's disgusting. Eating that many hot dogs on a broken leg. I mean, hell, I wouldn't be surprised to see Joey in a full body cast. You know, eating hot dogs because that's just he, he's become synonymous with that. The only thing that needs to work is his face and his pie hole. So, I mean, that to me is, is absolutely fascinating. I've always been morbidly curious about those, those concepts because I think what kind of sick individual decides that that's what they're going to be known for? And this guy's a legend at this point. I mean, honestly, he could have lost this year. It would have mattered. But truly, to, be, to have won that many contests, he's a legend who will live forever. And people always talk about Joey Chestnut. And his legacy only only was cemented further when he choked, when he put the transmission on the on the protester. I mean, that was insane. It was insane. Well, we're talking about hot dogs. We might as well talk about what's your favorite hot dog? Like, do you like Sabret, Alcon, Hebrew, National Hebrew? What do you like? Hebrew National. Um, I would say my favorite personally is Nathan's, but I mean, Sabrets are really good. Nathan's and Hebrew National, which I already mentioned, those three I would say are my favorite. I like the footlong hot dogs, but at the same time, sometimes it's too much, you know. So to yeah. me, again, Nathan's the ones that fit perfectly in the buns. That that's a perfect hot dog to me personally. And what's your favorite topping? I'll tell you, my mine is mustard and kraut on a sabret. See, I don't like sauerkraut at all, so I I, no. I get that it's a big. It's like in the top five, I guess of hot dog toppings. I just don't like sauerkraut. Um, me, personally, I do like ketchup and mustard. I don't like mustard. I'll say that much, typically. But I will only eat mustard. <laughs> Excuse me. I will eat mustard on a hot dog, ketchup and mustard. And then, of course, my personal favorite is, uh, is chili. I like chili dogs, which is ironic because here we are. We're you know, a talk show that mostly focuses on sports. We talk about anything and everything, and we tell it like it is. Um, we actually have a comment here from, from David who's saying that he is a fan of Sabrettes, and he also likes the thinner hot dogs, which to me is, um, is definitely uh, is interesting. See, I, I like the thicker hot dogs, but I don't – again, a foot long is too much. Like over here at Sam's Club, you know, the Sam's Club Costco, they sell them for like a dollar. You know, you want to go and get a hot dog and a drink. I like them, but it's, like, too much. So when I, if I put chili on a dog, I can't have, like, three or four of those. But anyway, I mean, we can, we can talk about hot dogs for the next hour, but we actually have a caller that we're going to get to. It's a first-time caller. Um, Jimmy, okay. who is calling from Florida, 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're always welcoming of new guests and new people to call in. So, Jimmy, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Hey, Jimmy. Doing good, doing good. Can't complain. Uh, thanks so much for calling. Now, um, our call screener mentioned that you wanted to talk about the – well, first of all, Jimmy, what team are you a fan of in baseball? Because I know you wanted to talk baseball. Well, my, my, my favorite team are the Pittsburgh Pirates, but we've sucked for so long that there's no need to talk about them. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the way it is. That's see, let me ask you this real, real quick. So you're a Pirates fan, right? Lifelong Pirates fan, I'm assuming. How, how is that a thing? Because my, my wife always tells me, oh, you know, why are you a Mets fan? Why are you a Mets fan? The Mets are actually decent this year, but typically the Mets lose. The Mets never go anywhere. But the Pirates have, what was it, 21 straight losing seasons? Like, how do you, how do you deal with well, that? Well, because you know, when, I was, when, I, when I was a little boy, the Pirates were bad to the bone, you know, and they won a couple World Series in the 70s. Uh, Roberto was right. my favorite baseball player growing up. They right. had a lot of Latin yep. ball players, which at that time in baseball was not – nobody really did that. Uh, and that right. really drove me to them. And um, uh, – and I've been a Pirate fan ever since, and uh, that's my team, and uh, I stick with them to thick and thin. But the reality of the situation is that their management is, is, is the Pittsburgh Pirates are a glorified Triple A team for the rest of the yep. of the major. Okay, that's the what that's what they are. Right. And um, they they'll get a guy that's good, and once this contract is getting ready to run out, they'll trade him to a team that that's looking for somebody to help them make the playoffs. And the Pirates will get cash. The Pirates will get some of their best minor leaguers in the trade. And next thing you know, there's a revolving door. So the Pirates have always been that way. They're, they're a money-making machine. And the, the Pirates as an organization, they make money. They don't lose money. Um, and that's what they the business, you know. But as far as keeping a team together and paying high salaries, that'll never ha- that won't happen. That, that's just not, not going to happen for the Pirates. Like I said, they're a triple-A team for the rest of the major leagues. Well, it's interesting, Jimmy, uh, and, and I, I, I thought about – hold on, Joe, real quick. I thought about this yeah. um, as you were talking about AAA teams. So I'm a Mets fan. Joe's a Mets fan. One of my favorite acquisitions this offseason, ironically, is a former Pirate who started out with the Pirates, and that is Starling Marte. I mean, I absolutely imagine that. love Marte. Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> go go the uh, and you'll see Pirates everywhere, okay? <laughs> And that's just the way it is. It's sad, but that's just the way it is. I remember seeing him, you know, when he was younger, playing and whatnot, and, I mean, he's pretty good. And he's he's clutch with the Mets. He's been an exciting player. It's his first year with them. I was I was thrilled when the Mets actually got him uh, as a player. Were you a fan of his when he was on your team, you know, uh, several years well, ago? Well, <laughs> I, 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 I stick to my team. That's what I root for. That's what I pull for. But I'm, I'm very realistic because I've seen this revolving door – Many many times. I remember one many years ago, the the Chicago Cubs made the playoffs, and the reason they made it because the Pirates gave them three players that propelled them into the playoffs. And I remember the fans in Wrigley Field had a had a big banner saying "Thank you Pittsburgh," uh, because you know, that, that's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, it's just that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, the Pirates have a young shortstop that 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 looks like he's going to be a a perennial star someday, and I have a gut feeling that before his contract ends, he'll be traded to the Yankees, the Red Sox, uh, the Mets, somebody that'll, that'll, that are willing to pay and give up draft picks and give up minor leaguers. The Pirates, they, they're, they're, their, farm, their farm system is very rich in talent. 
Yeah, uh, no, as a fan, as a fan, um, as a fan. But as a fan, my question was: uh, Do you think the Astros are going to beat the Yankees again in the playoffs? And uh, are the Mets going to punk out to Atlanta? <laughs> all right, all right. First of all, first of all, the Mets are not punking out to anybody. Let's see, real. The Braves have an amazing team. I thought the last year blew me. I mean, I live here. I'm all my life basically. I live, you know, 20 minutes outside of uh, Shea Stadium and now City Field. But I live in the South now, and I live about an hour and a half away from uh, from Truist Park, which is where the Braves play. I've been to the stadium; it's beautiful. I've seen them, at, you know, go there, play there. I'm going there next month. <clears throat> but to see the Pirates—that's how Pirates are. We're talking about that. To see the Braves do what they did last year, which nobody thought they were going to win the World Series, and then of course they go and win. Now they're defending champions. The Mets have been in first place the entire season, and the Braves have been chasing them. I don't think the Mets are going to punk out as far as that goes. I think it's going to be a race to the finish. I honestly do believe that both of them will make the playoffs no matter what. But um, as far as the Yankees and the Astros, I mean, you know, Joe, I know, I'm sure you're itching to chime in here. The, the Astros basically embarrassed both New York franchises just, just about a week ago. They, so they, they have that, the uh, Yankees' number. They, they know how to play New York. They know how to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 just, they beat them in all four games they played. Jimmy, do you think uh, you root against the Yankees or the Mets more? Me? Uh, I I grew up in the Bronx, so I hate the Yankees with a passion. Oh. So anytime they lose, <laughs> I feel good about it, okay? That's just the way it is. Explain that to me, though. H- how do you grow up in the Bronx? And I know somebody. I'm not going to say who. I, I happen to be very close to somebody who was uh, raised, not born, but raised in the Bronx and hates the Yankees just like you do. How is that a thing? How could you hate the Yankees growing up right next to them? Uh, because uh, their fans, the crap I saw them get away with in the 70s, um, the fact that the Kansas City Athletics used to be uh, basically their farm team, uh, that's who they would send the players after they, they were no good, and they would basically bring other ball players to them. Um, uh I never liked Steinbrenner. I don't like. I didn't like what he did today. Winfield. I don't like what he how he treated other players. Great. They've had some great players. I'm not. I'm not denying that. But uh, it's just. I just cannot. I cannot stand them. I. I just. Uh, when I see them lose, I love it. Um, and this year they got the best record. They might go. All, they might go all the way this year. But I'm hoping Houston will beat them again. It's funny. And I just like I, said, because... I, don't, I don't I don't I don't like I don't like I don't like them. Uh, my my dad was a diehard Mets fan. As a little boy, I was a Clemente fan, so I I studied with the Pirates, and that's the way that's the way it is. Um, I just like think I it's said, funny though. In the I early seventies, in the early seventies, the the, the the players the Pirates had were just to me were exciting. They had a lot of Latin ball players that that drove me to like them even more, you know. So. Um, during right. they, at, at that time, the Cincinnati Reds and the Pirates were really the only two teams that had them kind of ball players. Yeah, well, it's interesting you you say that because I'm not you first of all I'm not used to non-Mets fans hating the Yankees because that's typically a Mets fan thing, you know, in terms of your proximity to them. But it's funny, right? You mentioned the Pirates and of course they were great in the 70s, you mentioned Clemente and everything, Willie Tarzo, et cetera, et cetera. But what's ironic is that me, you know, I'm a little bit younger than you are, but I remember in the early 90s you had Barry Bonds you had Sid Bream. You had Andy Van Slyke. I hated Andy Van Slyke. He was yeah, such well, a good but ball you, but player. You remember, he you had, killed you the had, You also had, yeah, you had Jim Leland, who was a st- stupid person, okay? And when, when, <laughs> don't know, oh, you're going to get me started. 
when when you go into the playoffs <laughs> and you got a guy named Carmelo Martinez who's ripping the ball, and you give him a bunt sign and he pops up to the catcher, I, to me that's wrong. Okay, when you're beating the Braves and your your boy Doug Drabeck is struggles in the eight, struggles in the eight, struggles in the eight, and what do you do? You leave him in. The ba- the Braves load up the bases. <laughs> And uh, you gave you bring Sam Belinda in to, to try to make a, have a miracle. He gets two outs, and of course Francisco Cabrera, uh, I believe his name was, hits a hey hit. Barry Bonds wants more money, but he can't throw worth a darn. Right. You can beat him. You can beat Barry. I mean, he wants all this money, but he can't he can't field and throw right. And Sid Breen, with his world class speed, ends up scoring the the winning run on Barry Bonds. You know. <laughs> Again, that was Jim Leland. That was just Jim Leland being being a big dummy, is what it was. And, uh, and when when the when it was close, you can get. I guarantee you, Jim Leland finally would lose. Yeah, that's why I respect those managers that pull those. I respect the managers that pull pitchers out, no matter how. Hey, I tell you what, Lupa, if Lou Pinella had been managing the Pirates, Doug Dre, Doug Drabeck would not be pitching in the ninth. Guarantee you, he probably would have been taken out. It's of the funny. Night. It's funny because obviously you're referencing when Sid was no longer on the Pirates because he played with he played with Pittsburgh for many years. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, he, yeah, yeah, he, and he scores of, the, he scores the win run from second base on Barry Bonds. What does that tell you about Barry? I'm glad he left. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm he glad was, he went to San Francisco and he, po- and, he, and, he, and he poisoned the Giants a locker room. He he poisoned it by himself. So I was good. I enjoy seeing that. Yeah. So much yeah, vitriol yeah. from – it's funny because, like I said, we're so used to it as Mets fans, but then to hear a guy who's a fan of a completely different team kind of ripping the Yankees and ripping organizations, it's definitely refreshing. Oh, Listen, Jimmy, great. we really appreciate you calling in, sir. All right. All right. Cool, man. But uh, hey, uh, uh, my, my, uh, uh, I, have, I just have a gut feeling the Yankees are going to go through the series, and I have a gut feeling that uh, the Atlanta Braves are going to get hot, and, I, and, I, and I'm hoping the Atlanta Braves will beat New York in the World Series. That's, that's well, what I'm hoping to We'll see. definitely find out. All right, man. You take care. Uh, you too. You too, for sure. Thank you. Oh, Jimmy, by the way, before you go, um, are you still there? Yes. Just so you know, um, uh, one thing we do know, we can guarantee for sure, is that the Pittsburgh Pirates will not, not only will they not be in the World Series, but they will not be in the playoffs. They'll be watching it from home. Along with oh, you, well, so that, thank you very that, much. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir, okay, because I, I've been knowing that. Right? I, I knew that before the season started, so, you know, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> you, thank you so much, Jimmy. appreciate you calling in. All right. You take care. Bye. Thank you, Jimmy. Take care. Jimmy from Florida. Wow, first time. I would say first time, long time, but clearly that was just a first time call, so we definitely appreciate him calling in. Um, yeah, good times, sir. Good times with Jimmy. I mean, I, I can't believe we spent this much time talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I do remember, obviously, my dad is a huge Pirates fan, uh, Pirates fan, huge Roberto Clemente fan who was on the Pirates, so that was a big thing, of course. Roberto Clemente, probably the greatest Puerto Rican baseball player of all time. Um, but anyway, the fact is, um, the fact is that I remember that, you know, when being a kid and hearing about this and hearing these stories, they were great in the seventies. They won World Series, and then in the nineties, they were one of the early nineties. They were one of the better teams in baseball before, of course, Bonds left and Benilla left to the Mets and everything else. You know, I mean, they, they kind of fell apart. 
and then they ended up with 20-something losing seasons, which is insane thing. Good. Um, we do have a caller, and I know, I know that you want to talk about anything you want. Um, so put him on, and then we'll get right back. I was going to ask Jimmy, do you think that Jimmy agrees that Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame or not? Well, I, he sounds like he absolutely loathes Barry Bonds, so I'm pretty sure he is not going to be on the side of Bonds going to the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, maybe it's just for personal reasons. But, anyway, we do have okay. uh, Ian calling in here, so we'll have him in the line. First time, uh, long time. I'm sure. Ian, how are you doing this evening? Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Ian. Good, What's good. Up? How are you? What's up? This is Ian from Woodland Park, formerly from Belleville. I got a question for the everything and anything crew here. A lot of things developing out of the UK. Um, Interested to hear your take on Boris Johnson's resignation today. Well, you know what's interesting, Ian, you mentioned, you bring that up, right? So did you even, did you know about that? Because I know you've kind of been out of it uh, for the past. I did. I did. Forced to resign. Okay. Yep. Right. Well, he was he was pushed to resign, technically not forced. But what I find interesting, Ian, and of course he's getting flack for this too, is the fact that he resigns as the head of the Conservative Party, but he's staying on as prime minister until they find a replacement, which of course, you know, the, his party absolutely despises that, and they want him gone. So, I mean, explain that to me. How does he decide, yeah, I'm going to resign from this, but eh, I'll stick around here for a little bit longer. I mean, how is that okay? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know how it all works because he's going to keep his parliament seat. And uh, I guess he's resigning as prime minister until they find a new one. I'm not, I am not clear on how their government works, to be honest with you, because um, it would be here in the United States, but the vice president would take over. But I'm not sure how it works in the U.K., yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. What's interesting, though, is, you know, we're a show, right, Joe, we talk about anything and everything. I'm going to tie us yeah. back into wrestling. There's actually, there is actually, and I read this earlier, there's actually a wrestling, former WWE executive who was, is in the government now in the U.K., and she just resigned, um, stepped down from the seat that she had just been appointed, and she was only in that position for like two or three days because apparently everybody is resigning left and right to put pressure on Boris Johnson to step down. But it's just funny because I read that earlier, and I'm like, you know, former WWE executive, and I'm like, I never heard of this woman, but I just thought that was fascinating that somehow, someway, this all this all ties in back to wrestling. But um, definitely some interesting stuff there, Ian. Um, what made you, like, that specifically, what made you call to ask about that? Well, I mean, with the upcoming, uh, I mean, it's a couple years away, right? Now with the presidency, we're going to see new nominees come out for the Democratic Party as well as the Republican Party. I just thought it was very interesting, the timing yeah. of all this, and and I was shocked at what the claim was. So, you know, I think Boris might have been tired, but I don't know enough about it, so I just wanted to call you guys and get your take on it. Uh, it's definitely interesting, Joe. I mean, Joe, do you have any thoughts on it? Because I know I'm, I'm sitting here talking and, you know, over, but I think I mean, when it comes, any, any thoughts when on your answer? Well, when it comes to like anything, right? With political pressure, uh, Vince and WWE, uh, you got England. Um, these guys are forced to under fresh uh, under pressure to resign because if they don't, then it affects their party, and you don't want to affect the party because they're not going to be in power forever. So they have to, you know. 
Vince has stakeholders, uh, and England has a country to run. So they, I can see why he was uh, asked to resign because if he doesn't, it looks bad to him, and then it's going to be a a downfall for the party. I think so. I think under pressure, oh, it's time to resign. So. Absolutely. And David, who's in our chat, is saying maybe Biden will follow Boris's lead. Speaking of that, I was watching a video just yesterday about our illustrious president, uh, Joseph Biden. Ironically, Joe, you and our president share the same initials. I mean, that, that's, that yeah. makes me wonder about you now. But um, Thank you. So he was talking. He, it basically was like, well, you know, um, basically what, the thing is that uh, – uh, 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 forget it. And then he just starts mumbling something else. I just don't understand. I said, whoever propped up this corpse that is Joe Biden, I don't understand a why he's still in office, b how he got there in the first place, and c. I mean, the, the Democratic Party has to be shaking in their boots. There's no way they they could want Joe to be the nominee next time, and Kamala's not popular either. <clears throat> so you have this you have this ticket that somehow, some way, got into the White House. And now, you know, you're talking for 2024. Ian, what do you think? I mean, are they going to be the nominees again? Do you think the, the Democratic Party is going to trot out the corpse of Joe Biden, or are they going to go with somebody else? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I mean, we haven't seen this happen in a long time, and, and I really think that it's going to be Biden-Harris 2024. Uh, personally, I want DeSantis. I think he's been doing a great job in Florida, and their economy is booming. I think he handled the pandemic um, beautifully for his state. And, um, you know, he stands for the values that I believe in. So I, I, I truly want DeSantis 2024. And I agree with that. I would prefer DeSantis to Trump 2024, honestly. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of rumor. There's a lot of speculation. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. I just don't see the point of trotting out Trump again for another time, considering how polarizing he is. Uh, as unpopular as the Sanchez is with the, with the left, he's nowhere near that Trump level. I mean, I'm sure they'll bring up the fact that he kicked a cat when he was eight years old and he probably didn't help an old lady cross the street, so now we have to impeach him at some point. But to me, I think the Sanchez is a much better choice for the, de- the Republican Party to go against the Democrats than Trump would be. I mean, you know. That's just my personal opinion on that matter. Absolutely. And I'll leave you guys with this. See ya, yeah. sucks! <laughs> oh, thank you. Ian, thanks so much for calling. We really appreciate it, sir. got to have a – definitely, we got to have this first time, long time going on here. Thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ian Cohen, in from Woodland Park. I mean, we just have a whole Woodland Park thing going on here. Um, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, you know, sir, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say that. Um, the only reason I would try out Trump is because uh, the census has a long time ahead of him. Because I was thinking four years or more of Trump, I, maybe he'll come down this time. And then we get eight more years of the census. Yeah, okay. Twelve years of, you know. You know that's not happening. You know that Trump is not going to calm down, so you can forget about that. And, I mean, DeSantis, to me, he's young enough, and, you know, there, there is a, there a lot. He has some goodwill versus Trump, who at this point has, has had his fair share of issues and problems. I mean, I know that everybody has their own different opinions on, on the Trump, but, I mean, that's just 
my takes are I think that uh, DeSantis would be a, a better choice. Um, but I know we, we talked about Pirates, the Pirates of Jimmy. We talked about the Yankees. We talked about the Astros. We talked about politics. We're over here talking about, you know, Boris Johnson over there in the, in the U.K., and we're going to be joined by one of our, I mean, literally the original, uh, first time, long time, the original, you know, regular caller to the show. We may as well give him a job at this point. We have Angel also from Woodland Park joining us this evening. Angel, how are you doing, sir? Hey, listen, I'm listening to you guys talking about politics and whatnot, but uh, what I really want to talk about is the Mets, the way they won yesterday in dramatic fashion. <laughs> right now they're playing Miami, which I think Miami always gives them a hard time. You know, I just uh, I don't want to get into politics because uh, that's not my that's not my game. I like to talk about sports because I know you guys are very familiar with it. And uh, I just want uh, your intake uh, about the Mets in Miami. What do you think the Mets are going to do? Well, let me say this, Angel. Uh, you're talking about the Mets. This year, the Mets have actually handled the Marlins pretty pretty well. They have actually they've played them better than they usually play them. But you are right. The Mets um, the Mets normally have problems with the Miami Marlins every year. Right. Well, I tell you, the way they won yesterday, I mean, it was something dramatic. And and, and I don't know if you've seen that game yesterday when they uh, they say that the. Uh, Sterling, Monte, did he hit that, that double? That that was actually a foul. Ball. Yes. yes. So it, I don't it know. Like it I don't could know. have been foul, but it was called fair. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, but listen, I saw it, and uh, they, gave, they gave that thing three or four times, and I don't know what that umpire was looking at. That was foul, bro. It was foul. No question about it. They got a foul. I mean, there is a possibility that, I think that the umpire was paid off. I think off. he's I think he's on the take. I think, I think he was rooting for the Mets to win. That's all I can say. That's about it. Joe, did you happen to watch that play, that Angel's referencing? I didn't watch the play, but I was ready to text you and Angel uh, the Mets are for take because I thought they were going to lose 3-2 until they won the game in the ninth inning. Um, to lose 2-3 to Cincinnati, uh, to play, yeah. then to play Miami, uh, not the uh, – not the good taste I was going to have in my mouth, but they end up winning the game. Thank God. Yeah, that, yeah, was, a, that was a lucky win for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm I'm talking to you guys, and I'm just wondering, you know, if that umpire called it right or he just I don't know what he was looking. I tell you the truth. I mean, it could have been anything. I know there's always a lot of controversy. I mean. Let me let me ask you one thing. The Empire, they do they make a lot of do they make a lot of money? Do they make a lot of money? I'm do, not sure how much that? money they make. I mean, they probably do get you know players probably do pay them off a little bit. I mean, who knows? No. Maybe that's how they make all, <laughs> all of their money. But in all honesty, I mean, you know, it's like it's like we talked about the Mets no hitter earlier this season with Johan Santana. His no hitter. There's always been controversy because it said that the ball went foul. And that was it, it was called foul. But apparently, you know, a lot of people think that it was a hit based on the camera angles and stuff. So they always talk about putting an asterisk next. But the bottom line is, look, he called it fair, and that's what matters. And the Mets won, and that's it. And that's all. That's the only thing that matters, Angel. The Mets did. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm listening to what you're saying, and um, I enjoy the program. You guys talk about different topics, politics, 
woman's lib, all kinds of things. And uh, sometimes I uh, I learn something from it, you know. So what can I tell Good. you? Good. The only thing, well, we the do only appreciate thing everything you call in. Well, I, I just hope you guys continue for a long time. You know, I hope uh, they could open the doors for you guys because, you know, you're up to par. You guys, you guys talk about everything. And we, we try. Fine. We definitely try to talk about everything. And, you know, it, it's it's always good for us to have callers like you. I know we had Jimmy who called from Florida earlier, and we were talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. We were talking about Roberto Clemente. We were talking about Barry Bonds, Sid Breen. I mean, you're talking about the, all these all these different things. And now, of course, we're here talking about umpires being paid off. I mean, those umpires <laughs> are crooked, let's be real. There, there's, there's a good chance that they're all, they're all thieves and they're all taking money. So, I mean, that's my opinion. Well, I uh, I have to agree with you. You know, you you're very knowledgeable. You know what you're talking about. So, I just uh, I enjoy your program and uh, let's go Mets. That's all I can say. Let's go Mets. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you, Angel. We appreciate you. Yes, indeed oh. we are. We appreciate you, sir. <laughs> you take care of yourself. I'll uh, talk. To yes. Now, Angel, we'll, we'll talk to you next week for sure. Or uh, thank you so much for calling in. Now, we, we've, we've had quite a show, sir. We've had quite a few uh, callers, but I think it's a good idea to take a break, you know, before we do end up wrapping up the show at whatever point that is. So we will be right yeah. back after these uh, ads from our sponsors. Sure. Want to know the secret to saving on the cost of dental care? It's simple. Find a dentist who provides all the treatment that you need and not one bit more. Overtreatment has become a huge problem in dentistry, you need an ethical dentist who will not only recommend the treatment that is necessary, but one who also cares. Time and again, patients return to Dr. Zach Gordon's practice in Hasbrook Heights because he treats them properly, ethically, and with no shenanigans. Dr. Orden can be reached at 201-393-0022 or by email at drzacho at msn.com. That's D-R-Z-A-C-H-O at msn.com. Give him a call. Joe got solar panels at his house, and he's been saving a lot of money thanks to Justin and Chris at Phoenix Energy in Hackensack, New Jersey. They are a great company, and they are setting up homeowners with no out-of-pocket cost roofs and solar systems. Contact them today for a free quote, 201-316-0162. Once again, that's 201-316-0162. Looking to resurface the floors in your home or business in the New York, New Jersey metro area? Then check out Hillstop Pro Services in Carlsbad, New Jersey. They offer a wide range of installation services, including commercial and residential carpet, resilient floors, luxury vinyl planks, VCT, sheet vinyl, custom area rugs, logo mats, self-leveling concrete restorations, and so much more. Head on over to www.hilltopproservices.com to see some of their latest projects or call them at 201-952-9193 for more information. This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Hi, this is Brittany Bell, Miss Arizona USA 2010. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold each week to hear the best interviews and live talk radio. David and Joe are simply the best. 
Hey, we're back. Mostly thank hey. you to me, of course. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I would say thank okay. you. I was trying to say uh, technical difficulties, of course. Oh. Thank you to Brittany. Thank you to Jen. Thank you to all the people, of course, who are a part of the show and who have left us all these wonderful promos that we can play. And make sure to check out all those, all those wonderful sponsors that we have, sir. Um, now, I know that there's, there's always so many different things that we can talk about and so many things that we can discuss, sir. But yeah. um, legendary actor James Kahn died. Um, I mean, he's well-known for a lot of different roles. He was uh, Sonny Corleone in the Godfather movie. He, of course, I remember him mostly as the father from Elf and also the main, one of the main characters in the movie, Misery. Sir, were you a fan of, uh, of the late, great James Kahn? I was. I was a fan of uh, The Godfather, obviously. I saw Elf later in his career, and he did a good job with that. Uh, but he will always be sunny from The Godfather 2. And Frank, ironically enough, went back to the movies, I think, this earlier this year to see The Godfather Part 2, was it, Frank? No, it was actually Part 1. It was uh, the original movie, and they, like, um, you know what they do with they colorize it a little better, and they whatever they do, but it, it was good. I mean, I felt like I was there for the first time watching it. And, um, yeah, so James Conn was kind of in my mind. I recently saw The Godfather, and David, you're right, Misery. That, that part in Misery was awesome. Like, that was just Oh, yeah, such such a great, great movie. Disturbing, but such a yep. wonderful movie. Yep. Now, Frank, do you, do you, think, do you think of uh, James Conn as Sonny, and then you go right to Elf, or do you think of someone else? It's funny. It's definitely Godfather first, Misery second. Yeah. Um, the fact that you mentioned Elf, like I completely forgot, you know, and that was and like that was such a funny part too. Um, but besides those three, what did you mention before, David? I don't. I don't well, think I mentioned, there's anything I else. I mentioned the three movies you talked about: Misery, oh, okay. Elf, and uh, The Godfather. So to me, those would probably be his most, some of his most famous roles. Yeah, I mean, I'm just taking a quick look at some of his other movies. Nothing, I mean, El Dorado with um, 1966 with John Wayne. Um, he was in that. That might have been one of his earlier, you know, obviously one of his earlier ones. But besides that, uh, not not so much that jumps out at you, you know. But he was in a lot of movies. Right. I mean, not, nothing that you would think of off the top of your head. I mean, heck, he was in Alien Nation. Do you guys remember that show? That It was a show, but it was also a movie in the late 80s. Yeah, I mean, that, I was, that, that, reminds me, that was right around the time of that show V, I believe. Back in right. The day. And then Misery was right afterwards. Misery came right after that. So, I mean, he did a lot of different roles. I mean, his honeymoon in Vegas, just so many different movies that he was in. And he was in The Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I remember that movie because I actually enjoyed, I actually enjoyed that. I mean, you know, anything with, with him, of course. I was a big fan of, uh, of Arnold from back in the day. You know, I mean, as a matter of fact, he was even in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. He was the father of the main character in both of the movies. And it's funny because if you, if, I mean, I have kids, obviously, and I've seen those movies. But the, the, the dad in that movie is such a big, rough, and tough guy, and then James Conn was the voice behind this. So, I mean, he did, obviously, an icon. He did a lot of, you know, big-time roles and a lot of legendary things. But to me, that's just fascinating. When I saw that he died, I mean, I hate reading about celebrities dying, but obviously he lived to, to a ripe old age, so he was around for a long time. 
and was able to make a lot of movies and, you know, live his life out to the fullest. So it's always, to me, it's always good when a guy can live into their 80s or 90s or whatever the case is as opposed to these actors who die young. Not only that, but do you know he was Jewish and he played an uh, Italian character in an uh, iconic movie, Godfather? I did not know that. I did not know he that was he was Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch, did you watch Godfather? You didn't even talk about it. Have you ever seen the movie Godfather? Are you talking about me? Yeah, you. You're talking to me? Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I've... I've seen it. I think I've seen it. I'm just, I was never a huge fan of like the gangster movies and whatnot. So to me, it's kind of like, eh, I don't have much much interest in like a Godfather type of film. But I mean, it's definitely, you know, guys are remembered for it. It was an iconic role. So I mean, you know, to me, that's just, uh, that's just one of those things that it just never interested me personally. So, you know, obviously definitely maybe as the kids would say. The more sci-fi. No, more, honestly, more action, more adventure, more comedy, stuff like that. Um, I, when I was a kid, I was big into horror movies, but not so much anymore. Just, you know, the, those at this point, those just kind of skeeve me out, so I just can't be involved in some things. But no, sir. Why do I think? I was ahead, not a fan of The Godfather, and I didn't watch it, so. And, you know, I, know, I, I, I dated a girl very briefly who was, I mean, she acted like it was like, if you're not Italian. If you don't like that movie, which I don't understand because they don't exactly paint Italians in a great light because they're in the mafia. No. Never understood that, sir. As I recall, your favorite movie of all time is Aliens? Aliens and Terminator 2 are tied for my favorite movie of all time. Yes, they're absolutely. Interesting. Huge, uh, I was a huge uh, James Cameron fan back in the day. James Cameron? So, Titanic? James Cameron, the director. Oh, I'm saying... He directed Titanic too. Yes, he did. I absolutely did. And he directed <laughs> Avatar, and the sequel's coming out. And I was just reading about how James Cameron's probably not going to be the director for the subsequent movies. Now, did you watch Avatar? I've seen bits and pieces of it too. Yes, uh, the blue people, as I recall. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they were booster for sure. Um, now that movie, I've never honestly, I've never understood the hype for Avatar, but it's been forever since the first one came out, and now they're coming out with a sequel. So to me, I don't understand why wait so long to make um, to make sequels. I really don't. Yeah, I, good question. Um, what was I mean, the thirteen year? years ago, isn't isn't yeah. that a bit much, sir? That's a bit much. Uh, what was the premise again of Avatar? It escapes me. I honestly, it's basically it's basically a, a liberal propaganda machine with climate change oh. and everything else disguised with blue people who were enormous and uh, I don't know. It, it just I don't know. The less said about Avatar, Avatar, the better to me. I think it's honestly super overhyped. Was never. I mean, I didn't see it, but I was never a big fan of it. So, I mean, I'm never, I'm just not into movies about hugging trees, sir. It's just no matter, blue trees, whatever color the trees, just not a fan. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you have any uh, other nuggets that you want to discuss before we close out? Or? Um, no, honestly, sir, you know, we had a we had a heck of a, of a show. I would say, oh, actually, there is one thing. So, 
I was reading yeah. about this. And, yeah. I mean, I had I tested positive for COVID a couple weeks ago, which obviously you know. You know who else tested yeah. positive for COVID and is uh, is not playing uh, with his baseball team right now, sir? Chris Bassett, uh, Mets pitcher, oh. recently took a COVID test. He just came back this week or yesterday. Maybe today, actually. He may have just come back today. But anyway, he tested positive for COVID with, like, an at-home COVID test, and he was banned from coming to the team for, like, a week through the policy. He was ripping MLB, saying it's ridiculous that we're still doing it. He's like, I don't know if he, he doesn't know if he made the right decision of saying something or not. And he said in the future he may not say anything. I mean, he was he was trying to do it to protect his daughter, but he had no symptoms. He felt perfectly fine. And then he comes back, and it's like, okay, he was forced to be on the, the injured list because of COVID. I mean, he, he literally rips it and says, why are we still doing it? So I thought that was, I thought that was interesting, sir. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. Um... So does that mean that there's a chance that other Mets are going to get it too, or just him? I mean, no, that's always a possibility, but he did quarantine or whatever the case is, and he stayed away. He wasn't allowed to be around the team, so the odds of him giving it to somebody are pretty much slim to none. Too. Yeah. Um, by the way, the Mets are winning 2 nothing, and the Yankees are winning 5-2. Just to give you an update on that, uh, because I um, want to let the audience know that we're up to nothing, and the Yankees are winning five to two. I'm saying I always fascinate when people say "we" as in as if like you're on the Mets and you're saying that <laughs> we're up. I didn't realize that you were playing with the we're on the Mets organization, but you know it's always good to know. You learn new things every day here in Pierreville, sir. <clears throat> yep, I, I just I, anyway. Frank wasn't on the air. Frank wasn't on before, but Frank, you did a great job last week. Um, you and David did a great job. Uh, Breaking down sports, uh, I think you did it. Uh, I was very fascinated about minor league teams and how you like teams and where you root for John Elway, and it's a really good job. Thanks, Joe. I learned it by watching you. Well, <laughs> what's interesting, though, uh, let me just point this out, is that yeah. um, what's interesting to me is that Jimmy is actually kind of like Frank. You know, you were talking about why you root for teams and why you do this, why you do that. Well, Jimmy grew up in the Bronx hating the Yankees, who are obviously from the Bronx, whose dad was a Mets fan, but then he ends up being a Pirates fan because of all the Latin Americans, specifically Puerto Rican ballplayers, who were on that team. I mean, that's, a, that's definitely an interesting reason. You know, hey, this guy looks like me, this guy plays like me, this guy's my icon because of his, uh, his background or whatever the case is, his ethnicity. So, I mean, he, he ties in perfectly to what we talked about last week, for sure. He, he did. Um, so I was going to ask him about Vera Clemente because um, my dad loved Vera Clemente. Um, and then I still sit, I still sit, Sid Bream sliding to home plate, um, 1983 against the Braves, I recall. Uh, do you remember that weird slide that Sid Bream had? <laughs> I remember hearing about it, but what's fascinating to me, sir, is that I brought up Sid Bream because we were talking about we're talking about the um, the fact that he was a pirate. That's why I brought up Sid Bream. And then, of course, you know, he ended up, like, hurting the pirates or whatever in the playoffs, which fascinated me. But, I mean, it, to me, it's always fascinating why people like teams. I like stories. I don't like it. Oh, I thought so-and-so was good-looking. So, if someone a cute quarterback or I like his name, so I chose – no, I like where there's actual – you know, like what Jimmy was saying, what Frank and I were talking about last week with the Patriots and stuff, not the <laughs> – not the New England Patriots, but the Somerset Patriots. 
aren't you? Oh, I'm sorry. That's New England. New England. Yeah, I was just joking around. No. But, yeah, Somerset, sir. Somerset Patriots, go watch them. you got to get patriotic. But, guys, you got it. um, you got it. it's been a good show, I would say. Definitely, Uh-oh. obviously, possibly, maybe. A lot of callers. A lot of callers. Oh, yeah, it's always good to have callers. It's always good to have people um, figure it out, you know, that this is the best show on TV, on television, even though we're not on television. It's the best show on actual radio, right. even though we're not on the radio. It's the best podcast. Right. I mean, we're just the best, period. End of sentence. So <clears throat> I'm glad that people get it, and I'm glad that people are, you know, enough Chief to Fug. Chief Fug for tomorrow. Comes out tomorrow. Then I will come down on this hospital like the hammer of Thor. The thunder of my vengeance will echo through these corridors like the gusts of a thousand winds. I believe that movie comes out tomorrow. (laughs) Yes, Thor Love and Thunder comes out tomorrow, Thor Part 4. It's gotten some pretty pretty, uh, less than stellar reviews, which is fascinating to me because everybody at this point, I mean, Marvel movies are just like a dime a dozen. They're making them left and right. I mean, I, I have some interest in watching it. I'm not going to go to the movies to watch it, but it definitely got some. It's one of the lowest reviewed and lowest scored uh, Marvel movies that has come out, sir, like out of them all. Yeah, I think we need to really break down the Batman sometime soon because oh, uh, I'm here. I'm thinking that that's a movie that we both saw, we both, both have talked about, and Frank has talked about it too. Uh, I just think that's a movie that's worth bringing up, so. Yeah, I mean, one of these days, I'm sure next year, 2024, who knows? We'll talk about it at some point. But, sir, great show. Good to have you back. Glad you're doing good. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Angel. Thanks to Ian. Thanks to Sweet Lou. I know you're out there. I mean, thanks to Jimmy. Thanks to David, who was talking on the the line there. We just thank all of you guys so much for, for being a part of the show. I'm sorry, say that again. Dave, I think David wants to talk. I think David wants to talk for a first. Call out the show. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, as, we're, as, we're, yeah. as we're literally closing out the show, <laughs> I mean, you know, we got we got to thank our, our loyal callers here. Yes. David, how are you David. doing this evening, sir? Hey, hey guys, how are you doing? Doing well. Good. Um, good. Yeah. Doing good. I called it because I don't know this blog talk radio thing. You know, you know, you know, they're uh, it's I don't know, it's a conspiracy, you know. Cutting out uh, the conservative uh, voice here on on Blog Talk Radio, uh, but you know you guys are doing a great job. Uh, I'm so glad to hear you know Joe uh, back on the air. Um, a lot of like great callers. Uh, that live chat, you know, I think it's a lot of fun to kind of interact with you guys uh, throughout the show. Oh yeah. So um, For hopefully sure. uh, we'll be on. Uh, again, but the one thing, yeah, I guess, no, hopefully, I mentioned this in the chat. You know, you, you talked about Boris Johnson resigning, you know, but you didn't mention about the the Georgia Guidestones getting blown up. Now, did you catch that? I did not. I, I mean, if you'd like to talk about it, feel free. I mean, you know, Joe Joe right. is Joe's still high on his medications, but he doesn't know what's going on either. Right. Right. Sure. If if you're not familiar with the the Georgia Guidestones, um, they're a monument in Georgia. I forget what the town is. It's on public property though, and essentially it's a set of Ten Commandments 
of how to maintain humanity on the earth. Uh, but from a, a Christian worldview, uh, they're viewed as, you know, the satanic Ten Commandments. One of the first commandments is that um, we need to keep the human population, the world human population, down to uh, 500 million. Now, if you, you know, think about that, our, our world population is at 7.5 billion. So essentially what they're saying is – Seven, uh, uh, sorry, seven and a half uh, trillion, right? No billion. I'm I'm right today. Billion. Billion. <laughs> but billion. yeah, billion. seven hundred, seven hundred, yeah, seven point five billion people. So they're saying that seven billion people need to be removed from the the earth so that we can maintain a sustainable uh, livelihood. Um, I encourage you guys to, you know, or your listeners to kind of go to Wikipedia and, and, and read the, the other commandments and, and get a, a, a deeper perspective. But, you know, the, the Guidestones have been erected in 1980. They, um, you know, they've been longstanding a lot of vandalism towards them because of, um, you know, the viewpoint that um, they, 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 you know, portray. Um, this you know, the Guidestones are under 24-7, you know, live feed video surveillance, and they did not catch who set off whatever explosive device that blew up the Guidestones. And just imagine these guys are, I think they're 19 feet tall, granite stone, uh, a granite stone monument. It's also referred to as the American Stonehenge, uh, to try and give you a perspective. Yes, yeah, I was reading that, and, I, and now, I, you, you, now that you're talking about it, I do remember hearing about it, and it's interesting. Now, David, I just want to know, where were you um, when, the, when the bombing occurred? I'm just curious. Where, I mean, were you, uh, were you well, somewhere in the vicinity of uh, Elbert County? No I, the, no, I was not in the vicinity. Uh, <laughs> I, I, when I heard about this, though, I was driving. I was driving with my wife, and, you know, we're, we're just moving along, and she's looking at, you know, whatever feed, and she says to me, they blew up the the Georgia Guidestones. How excited um, hearing about this! Um, you know, this is the one monument <laughs> that we should be tearing down instead of you know whatever monuments they they want to tear down. Right, like Abraham um, Lincoln, you know, and they want to tear down everything else that's good in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. You know, but you guys are doing great. David, you know, uh, David, this is for you. Yeah. This is for you. Wait, no, no, wait a second, no, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, wait a second, David, for a second. Let me, wait a second, David. Thanks, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for Paul. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you calling in. Bye. The one and only David calling you, also from Vineland, New Jersey. David's another loyal, uh, loyal listener for sure. Um, but as I was doing before David interrupted us to talk about the Georgia Guidestones, <laughs> folks, thank you so much for calling. We had a ton of callers today. Great show. Great to have you back, Joe. Um, just wonderful thank to hear you. from everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks to Frank for, uh, you know, for showing up today and eating his salmon. We really appreciate that and sending us pictures of that. That was probably the highlight of the evening. And, uh, folks, you have a, a wonderful one. Make sure next time, 515 515- 
605-975-9796. Give us a call. Talk to us about anything. Talk to us about what's going on in Georgia, what's going on in Tennessee, what's going on in Jersey, New York, Africa. We don't care. We talk about anything and everything. And also the U.K., we tell it like it is. Woo! Folks, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Sorry, I'm just here. I'm hopped up. And uh, I'm excited. And <laughs> here we go. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right, you're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Great talk radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love pure gold. Pure gold. I got two words for you. Pure gold. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to follow Pure Gold on Blog Talk Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to Pure Gold on iTunes.